Live from the Mecca Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Heart of the Matter, where we are talking together about living in the age of fulfillment as Christians. And you can see our typical uh, opener doesn't look the same. In fact, it's become much younger. Look at these handsome kids all sitting and standing around here. They all go to the same school except her. She'll go to that school in a couple of years once she does the math. And, uh, and, we, and this is her brother. And we're going to talk about him and the ministry he's got going on. I want to thank all you guys for showing up. Please have a seat and uh, wish, your, wish your colleague good luck. Yeah, I need it. He's in the hot seat now. So listen, uh, those of you uh, who tuned in last night and wrote your comments below, uh, appreciate all those. We have them ready. But you know, they say when a math teacher is teaching math and a sparrow flies in the room, the good math teacher stops teaching math and talks about sparrows. And this is a sparrow that flew into the room of the show. Uh, he is, his name's Ethan Foster. And it's a unique thing uh, with Ethan because... Um, he wrote me some emails and he just kind of talked to me and I just sensed, you know, I really love this guy. And, and there's something about him that I think is really admirable. And uh, so we're going to learn all about him. But if you will, I want to work through kind of chronologically who you are. Okay. And, uh, and, um, and then we'll get into what you do. Okay. And the thing, one of the things I just want to say right off the bat is what impresses me most uh, is your age mm -hmm. and the fact of what you are about and what you are doing. I'm glad that you haven't gone and gotten a MDiv or a PhD. I'm glad that you haven't been inculcated by the minds of a lot of religion and that you are a believer from the heart and you're young still. And so that really impresses me that you're doing what you're doing, which we'll get to. But first, tell me about uh, mom and dad. Well, I mean, you kind of need to be more specific. I mean, like, they're in. He's already throwing it back on me. <laughs> He's a natural apologist. <laughs> you got to be more specific. <laughs> okay, tell me about where your dad came from, what he does for a living, your okay. mom, and uh, what church they go to, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And then talk about siblings or sibling. Okay, so my dad, he was born in Utah oh and that's, and that's how we ended up over here um we go we all go to the point church now we mm -hmm. we used to be divided on churches about a year ago within we, the family mm -hmm. so me and my mom <laughs> and uh, would go to kingdom church of God in Christ which is more Pentecostal oh and my dad didn't like the Pentecostal church as much so he would go um to the he was looking for churches and then he ended up at the point and we all eventually moved over there I see and my parents are both in the medical field. My dad used to be a nurse, and right now I still don't understand what his job is. He works for this company called BD, and they make medical stuff. I really don't understand it. Okay, <laughs> and that's okay. He's gonna <laughs> be proud of you right now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding you. I mean, it provides a nice house, so I'm not complaining. Hey, now. look at that. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Was he ever LDS growing up here in Utah? Uh, his mom used to be. Mom used to be. Now she's Lutheran. I I don't think that uh, he was ever raised LDS. Really, mm -hmm. I, he might have in their earlier years, but um, his, my grandma was searching and went in his younger years for a church, and she ended up at the Lutheran church. Got it. 
and so my mom was born in Georgia so I lived in Florida for about 10 years of my life to mm. be closer to my grandparents and yeah so she was raised in Church of God in Christ a very Pentecostal very traditional African-American church okay and that's that influenced me in a way it influences how I talk about stuff if I would like to get a ser into a sermon and stuff. I start You're shouting. You're a preacher? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Like, preach, preacher. Like, <laughs> something like that. And I love it. it. It influences me on that. She really uh, put me more into church stuff. My dad is not as, uh, what's the word for it? He's religious, but he's not Demonstrative? like. Demonstrative? Uh, I don't know. It, it, he's not as... Um, like my mom, all she does is go to church. Like oh. she, like at our old church, we used to, she used to like clean for the church. She, we used to go over there and feed the homeless at the church. Wow. My dad, he's like Sundays, Wednesdays, Bible study. Got it. Got which it. there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But that, that's just how they are. So which one do you take after more? I take after my mom more definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, siblings. Uh, one sister. She's ten years old and. She has no interest in it at all. <laughs> in what? In what you do? Uh uh. Mm. Yeah, absolutely no interest. She makes fun of me a bit too. Like yeah. one time I was doing a live stream over Instagram, and there these two are just laughing at me, and it threw me way off. Really? I, yeah. So you're young. You're 15. Yes, when, sir. When, when, what month is your birthday? Uh, October. October and what day? Uh, 25th. I'm October 2nd. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So there might be something there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Okay, so tell us now about your development in the faith. Okay, so I, I really go back to around 2016. That's like the year of, of the elections, the year of a bunch of stuff going on in the country, right? So what happened was I, I was just like everyone else, and I, I read Ben Carson's book, Gifted Hands, right? Mm. And it was about him and his medical journey. And then I saw he was running for president. And I'm like, man, I, I want this dude to win. He, mm. he knows how to do health care and all that. Mm. And then my mom got mad at me and made me start watching all this stuff. She started with the National Prayer Breakfast. Uh. And I watched his speech on there. And I'm like, man, the nation is like going down, uh, downhill. At that time, $18 trillion in debt. So it really started to get me inquisitive and in things. So I, start, I applied that to Christianity. Like I was telling you earlier, she was going through more of a faith crisis and started uh, watching all these apologists, scholars, uh, and various Christians and learning more about uh, their perspective on things. And she took me along with him. <laughs> so she introduced me to Dr. Frank Turek, mm -hmm. and I started watching him. And I'm like, man, this guy sounds good. He's making sense. I mean, you got all these archaeological facts. Let's learn more about this. So I get into William Lane Craig, mm -hmm. Lee Strobel. I read his book, The Case for Christ. Mm -hmm. And it, it just fascinated me. This is 2016. Yes, this is all 2015, 2016. So you're 13. Mm, you're, 12, you're 12, and, 13. 12 and 13 at that time. Amazing. So I start thinking about all these things and I start talking to atheists. I love talking to atheists. I find them very interesting people to talk to. Mm. So I start talking to them and they give me these objections, these reasons for, and then he, they introduce me to Richard Dawkins, mm. which I really do like listening to Richard Dawkins. That's I find funny. him really funny mm -hmm. to listen to. And I listened to him, and I'm like, man, this make it, what he's saying makes sense, too. So mm. what am I supposed to do with this? So over these past years, and what I tried to do on my podcast is walk you through the journey of my development and mm. the knowledge and my growth in Christ, right? Mm. 
and I try to move people, a lot of Christians, from an emotional mm. side of faith and into a more evidence and scientific-based perspective. Mm -hmm. Intellectual, uh, a little more cerebral, mm -hmm. get away from all the feelings, yeah. and I know, I know, and mm -hmm. let's prove it. Yeah. And so uh, you're interesting already to me because what have you discussed, what, what's your opinion of people your age whose parents will say, no, you, you, you go to church, you, you do it this way, this is what the Lord wants. Yeah. And, and, and what, do you, what do you, is there anything frightening uh, for investigating? Anything scary about hearing the atheist view? Well, I, I, I deal with this all the time, especially here in Utah. Yeah. I, I don't care what you believe. I just care why you believe it, right? Yeah. I, I want you to be inquisitive. I want you to look at this. Like, if an atheist were to come up to me and give me an objection, I wouldn't just run away from that and say, ooh, the Bible goes against that. Like, that's how I was with evolution. I used to say, well, the Bible says six days, Adam and Eve, we didn't come from monkeys. Yeah. And then I start looking at it, and I started listening to Richard Dawkins, and I started listening to Christian perspectives on mm -hmm. it, and it turns out there's a lot of Christians that actually believe in evolution. Yes, there are. And I am fascinated with paleontology. I have like a whole couple drawers of fossils and I have them displayed in my room. And I'm like, man, how can we explain this? I used to believe in like Noah's flood did all that, but now I'm a firm believer in theistic evolution. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, God used natural processes to come mm -hmm. up with everything. And I think it is a great glorifier of God. Mm -hmm. Now I take that perspective with atheists, right? Um, and I'm like, okay, let's start here. We can agree on evolution. We can agree on the Big Bang. But let, let's just look at all the, um, what, what's the word, all the chances that, um, that created everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the Big Bang, it turns out that it's very un unlikely that the whole universe just became like this. Mm -hmm. And when you go down to uh, life itself, and I look at a cell, right? I take biology. And biology fascinates me when you look at the complexity of the cell. And like we were learning about DNA this past unit, which it's complicated for me. And it's talking about unzipping the DNA and the RNA takes that somewhere else. And, and just doing basic processes that every one of the trillions of cells in our body does. I'm like, well, it's hard to believe for me, for me at least, that a God didn't at least design that. Mm. Because you could argue from simplicity to complexity, like most atheists do, such as Richard Dawkins, but a cell in and of itself, such as an amoeba, which is more likely to be more of the first life, that is still complicated in and of itself. Mm. Maybe not to us, but it is still complicated. So I start with that. I try and, uh, I try and start at their logic and use their logic to try and prove my points with okay. So you use that, their approach, but you just employ it with your views yeah. and it helps you refute mm -hmm. some of the things that they're saying. Yeah. Uh, w why don't we talk about what you've actually started. Mm -hmm. We'll show the audience uh, how to look at the stuff you're doing. Yeah. And uh, we want to support you completely at yeah. uh, everything you're doing. That. Because I think uh, it's really important for people your age to relate to someone your age mm -hmm. and what you're doing because uh, old fogies and stuff, we have our place, but man, yeah. you are a part of the future and it's really important God is using you this way.
so what have you done? What did you do in 2016 when you started to have all this mm -hmm. come to your mind? So I, here, there's a bit of a story behind this. So I wanted to start a YouTube channel, just about nothing really. So I watched a lot of Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and I love their Trump impressions. <laughs> I found them hilarious. So I'm like, Dad, can I do Trump impressions on YouTube? And he's like, sure, I don't care. And so I try it, and I couldn't figure out how to get the like videos combined together. So I'm like, you know what? I'm good at talking about religion. Let's just do a video mm -hmm. on that. So I start my first video. And me looking back on it now, I'm like, ew. Oh. Mm -hmm. I, I did horrible at that video. But it, it shows my growth, right? Yeah. And so I make basic points in there. And this video has like 530 views, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I like this. A lot of comments I had about a uh, hundred comments on that mm. from Christians from atheists so I continued on I did four videos and then I just stopped after that school got busy we just decided to qu quit at it for a bit mm -hmm. so I move up here and then um from uh, from Florida, Florida Tallahassee Florida okay. and I move up here about two years ago and I just keep reading keep learning I started watching your show and I your show is absolutely fascinating, though, especially the original one. I found it very funny, like, yeah. with people. I don't know if you remember him, but, like, John O'Fallon or somebody calling you multiple him. times and then condemning you with their priesthoods and <laughs> stuff. Like, I found it the most hilarious stuff to watch. <laughs> Killing me, kid. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I want to start this back up again. So... Over the summer, I was researching, and I start, and I just wrote this one uh, three-page thing about the evidence for God. And I have my friends at Javian who was helping me down in Florida uh, with stuff like YouTube channel and talking to atheists. And he read it, and he liked it a lot. He's like, great job, Ethan. And I'm like, man, maybe we should write a book. And, I'm like, and he's like, yeah, let's write a book. So I we love this kid. <laughs> I love him. He's not like he's not like we're too young to write a book. He's not like we don't know how to do notes and citations or bibliography. Yeah. We're gonna write a book. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I keep doing yeah. this to you. Keep going. I mean, so we just start on it, and we start on a second chapter called a "Answering Atheist Objections," and it was the funnest chapter I've. The funnest thing I've ever wrote in my life. I don't like writing. It was a lot of fun because it gets you thinking. Like when you talk about contradictions, lack of evidence, and you just have these discussions with atheists. I just call some of my atheist friends and talk to them just to get a better perspective. And then I started telling Cameron about all this. And then um, Cameron was up here. He was the yeah. one male up here. And see, he doesn't know much about atheism, but he knows a lot about um the LDS church and stuff. So yeah. we write, we have a whole little section about Mormonism and stuff. We just. Okay, now wait, before you say section, is this on your YouTube channel? Uh, I haven't done it on the YouTube channel yet. I have done it on the podcast. I've talked so about Mormonism. Podcast and YouTube channel. So there's a podcast, there is a YouTube channel, and I also do videos on Instagram. Okay, and tell, he's showing it for. Uh, more information about Ethan, click the links below and you can uh, find everything about him in uh, the description below. Yeah. All the links to everything you're talking about. Yep. So just to remind you guys wherever I'm looking at, there's a little down arrow. Just click on that and it will open up all the links. So they're all highlighted in blue and all you need to do is click on those different links and you can check out all of his stuff. Okay, so keep going. 
So you're doing a podcast, uh-huh. YouTube. Yeah, Instagram. And I, I just love the questions that I'm getting on it. And it, it grows my mind a lot. And I started the Instagram account to better connect with people at my school. I endorsed it on my personal Instagram. I'm like, hey, guys, go check that out. And some people are like, sure. So I have about 55 followers on that, which is smaller, but we're growing. Yeah. And people started watching these, and they're like, man, Ethan, we didn't know you knew that much. Because mm. I don't talk about this as much as school as maybe I should. Mm. Um, There's no a should. There's what? no should. Yeah. <laughs> if the Lord leads, you do. If he doesn't, you know. Well, yeah, but I, people didn't know I knew this much stuff about uh, religion. I, I just joke around at school. That's mostly mm. what I do, and I'll throw... I'll throw some uh, like God jokes in there just to like preach them, but make them <laughs> laugh at the same time. But yeah, I start doing this, and it impresses me. All these people have these questions, and they're actually thinking about this stuff. So it really encouraged me. So I was listening uh, to one of your shows on Heart of the Matter Redux, and and I was looking for your email. I'm like, let me contact Sean really quick, <laughs> and I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, let me contact Sean really quick. All right. And I didn't think you were going to respond. So I'm like, hey, Sean, uh, I'm 15. I got I got podcasts, a YouTube channel. Wondering if you could check it out and give me feedback on how I can do better. Then you responded. A few minutes, I woke up in the morning, checked my email just to make sure. I'm like, he's not going to email me. Then he emailed me back. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> this is better than I could have ever imagined. Oh, uh, well, praise God. <laughs> Your mom and told me that she used to watch the show when we were on TV here, mm-hmm. and this was when you were three years old. Yeah, you were a baby, <laughs> and uh, maybe that's why you like the show. Your your <laughs> brain is is remembering this voice somehow. Yeah. But your mom was watching it, and then you also said your grandma was perhaps watching it. Yeah, my, we were watching clips of you the other day of the old show. I was staying at my grandma's house over the weekend, and me and my grandpa. I'm like, let's watch some clips of Heart of the Matter. So, <laughs> so we started watching some of your best clips of like, what, what was his name, Robbie? And you, you just got mad at him because he wouldn't answer the question. <laughs> I, had a little, I had a little anger problem in those days with some of the callers. Well, I can't blame you. They frustrated me. I'm like, answer the question, please. <laughs> But yeah, I, so you've gone into to ministries. Do you call this ministry what? I call it just common sense, really. I Co- mean, it's in sense. the name. I'm like, just use your brain, come up with what you think. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think people think enough about what they mm. believe these days, mm. and that's what hit me when atheists started talking to me when I was like down in Florida. I'm like, man, I believe in that because I hadn't read the Bible yet. I just finished the Bible like a month or two ago. Mm. And now I know most of the stuff that's in there, so I can answer these questions better. Hmm. And like people will talk about, well, what's Ezekiel talking about with like the with the valley like, of the bones? Yeah, these weird creatures and stuff. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah, and all this stuff. Well, I'm like, well, it can be more metaphorical for something. Hmm. You know, when you really get down to it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think Christians, Mormons, atheists, whatever don't think enough about what they believe. Mm. They just believe what their parents teach them. And what I try and do is like, here's my perspective. I, I just, I've done research on it, and I came to the conclusion, do your research and see what you come up to. Can you give us an example of something perhaps that you once believed that you were taught uh, out of the good heart of your parents and believing it to be mm-hmm. true, 
that now you say, ah, I just don't think that anymore. I can't, re I can't, can't really. Can't put a finger on anything? Uh, I mean, evolution is kind of one. Mm -hmm. Like my dad, he never really talked about it. He believes in it. My mom was, is more skeptical about mm -hmm. it because down in the South, there's like um, a culture against it almost. Sure against evolutionary theory. And mm -hmm. I was having, I've had discussions with my family on it all the time. And it, yeah, that's probably the best example. And it was me going out and researching it mm -hmm. that convinced me. And, I'm, and it's, I struggled with it, right? Mm -hmm. With Adam and Eve, and I'm like, man, that, how does this align together? That mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. And you know, William Lane Craig and them put in a very good perspective for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, that, that's probably the best example of it. Those are some pretty lofty thinkers. <laughs> yeah. William Lane Craig and Robbie yeah. Zacharias and, mm -hmm. and all these guys, and yet you, uh, you can follow along and you're getting what they're saying, it sinks in, mm -hmm. and you're able to refute yeah. and answer. Yeah, I try to. But mm -hmm. <laughs> so are you able to articulate, do, do, the, do your friends, is it usually people your peer group who are responding to your videos and, and, and YouTube? Well, on YouTube, YouTube is a different situation. So there's this one atheist, and he is, he's so nice. I swear he's a secret Christian. I, re I really do. There's this one atheist that has been with me from the beginning, from the beginning of it all. And he, he has grown my mind. Never met this dude. He lives in Washington State, I think. Mm. Never met this dude. And he has just grown my mind in so many ways. And he's encouraged me to keep making these videos mm. and to keep thinking about it. Because, like, I did, my second video was answering atheist objections, and atheists were furious. They're like, you, you dummy, and, like, <laughs> like some mean comments. I found them hilarious, but mm. they were pretty mean. And then he's just trying to reason with them. Hey, guys, if you want to convince them of something, you got to be a bit nicer. Mm. And then he give me these reasons uh, for why he thinks something, and I give him reasons for why I think you're wrong on this. Mm. And then he'd have him go listen to certain podcasts and, videos and I'd send some back to him hmm. and it was really a mind grower and it helps me better talk uh, to atheists today. Mm -hmm. So are you able to talk at a fairly uh, high level like uh, punctuated equilibrium and, <laughs> and, and these all these facets for instance of evolution or do you kind of just... Well I talk at a level that most people should be able to understand mm -hmm. if that puts it in perspective. Like one time my language arts teacher is a Christian, Mr. Cordova, and um, we were having this discussion. We have a period in, in our school day where we just have to read. So we had this discussion. I forgot how it came up. We were talking about evolution. He believes in six, literal six-day Noah's Ark explains oh, it all. Does. Yeah. And we were having a discussion on it. And, you know, Mormons came in with their Book of Mormons and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that has nothing to do with anything, you know? But... Uh, I started talking to him about it, and it was really interesting to have his perspective. And you know, he's a smart dude. Sure. Um, and yeah, I just put it s as simple as possible for everyone mm -hmm. uh, to understand because, I mean, it with some issues regarding it, it's not that hard to understand if you get the basic concepts yeah. of it. So you, for instance, you said that you don't care what somebody believes you care why they believe what they believe yeah so does it hold water for you if someone comes up to you and says listen i believe my interpretation of genesis is that god created everything in six literal days yeah. and uh and everything means everything mm -hmm. or whatever and and if they explain that that's their belief system even yeah. though it isn't necessarily founded in fact 
It's just founded in their interpretation of that. Is that satisfactory to you? It's satisfactory to me. As long as, and the, the end goal, of course, is to get someone in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? So is that the end goal of what well, you're doing? That's the end goal of what I'm trying to do. But I just want people to at least think. That would be a satisfactory goal. Just mm. think for yourselves. That's all I want. Like, especially in America today, people are indoctrinated with religious beliefs, ideology, ideological beliefs, and it, it just drives me nuts. Yeah. We are very similar, you know that? <laughs> yeah. We're very similar. Um, so uh, with those uh, ideological beliefs, and you mentioned America a couple times, and you've mentioned politics since we've sat three times, mm -hmm. uh, are you politically driven? I'm politically driven in a way. I try and keep my religion out of politics. I, I am very conservative. Mm -hmm. um, I try and keep it, like, I don't discuss um, Donald Trump, for example, on my show. I discuss it regarding Christianity. Like, I did an episode on why evangelicals support Trump so much. Mm. I wasn't given my political opinion on that. Mm -hmm. uh, privately, uh, I am conservative. I do not agree with a lot of things that happen in the country, but I try and keep religion separate out of politics. Mm. And you know, when I was listening to your show, you talked a lot about Mitt Romney, mm. and I used to love Mitt Romney. Mm. I really did, because I'm like, hmm. He seems like a nice guy. He's 75 and looks mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, man. That's a good reason to like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just seemed like a likable guy, and then mm. you're just sitting here hating on him. I'm like, whoa. I never even thought of this stuff. It, it wasn't, I, I didn't hate on him as a man. And I, and, and I said well, in those yeah. shows, I thought that he would probably do as good of a job in administrating the office as well as anybody else. But mm -hmm. in those days, it was if a Mormon wins, Mormonism wins. Yeah. And that was my platform. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I never think of it from a religious perspective because mm. I try not to. Mm. I try not to degrade someone by their religion. Mm. But it is a factor. Yeah. It's like... Uh, if a Muslim were to run for president. I mean, I would try my hardest not to put that as a factor mm -hmm. in how I decide to cast my vote in the future, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but when you look at the ideological beliefs of Islam, which I have not studied in depth, but it's very simple to understand the basics of it, that's kind of a dangerous thing. Mm. I'm not saying I wouldn't consider it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but... Uh, someone that follow, follows Sharia law, mm -hmm. I, I th think that would be more dangerous to the White House, right? I see. Yeah. So let me ask you, you you've said you're conservative by nature politically, but mm -hmm. yet you uh, really don't like a mixture between church and state. You, mm -hmm. you like a separation. Yeah. But those in American evangelicalism, they almost go hand in hand. Conservatism and evangelicalism are like mm -hmm. sisters, you know? Yeah, they are. And what do you think of that? Don't you, do you think, and I'm, I'm trying to lead you here, do you think that the message of Christ is lost when Christianity becomes known for more for what we're against than what we're for? It, it does in a way, and it's complicated almost because it's not like, um, I don't provide the message of Christians need to leave all their religion out of politics. I provide the message of if you want to attract people to your religion, you cannot say you have to be a Republican and a mm. Christian, right? Because like megachurch pastors, they're like donating millions and millions of dollars to the NRA or uh, the Republican Party. And I'm like, that's not right. Yeah. That's the church's money. Mm. You should keep that and invest that in the church. Mm. The way 
to bring people to Christ is use the love of Christ mm -hmm. and not bashing people. And I was listening to your episode yesterday about homosexuality and all of that, and that's a very sensitive issue that I've had to deal with with some people, right? Mm -hmm. And the Christians, evangelical Christians, have been have been horrible with it. Yeah. They they have approached it all wrong. Yes, the Bible says it's a sin. Everything's a sin in yeah. the Bible. There's so many sins in the Bible. I mean, I love this kid. I just I, I just really love this kid. <laughs> Keep going. I mean, you can't just select the few sins in the biblical text yeah. and just run off with them. Right. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. You were losing. This is why so many people are leaving the Christian church because they force things down your throat. Yeah. We need to have diversity in the Christian church mm -hmm. on thought, on interpretations, and that is how the body of Christ will grow. Wow. Wow. I, I tell you, I have, um, I, I'm getting old. I have such uh, hope in my heart listening to you. For, Thanks, for the coming generations, if there's you and there's more people like you, I know your friends out here are probably very similar. And mm -hmm. it gives me so much hope because, you know, the other side is what we see on, uh, you know, Disgrace Book, which, by <laughs> the way, Ethan's mom will not let him have a Facebook. And I applaud her. <laughs> I applaud the woman. And not that you won't be able to use it for your good, but in the yeah. right time. Do you have aspirations? Future aspirations. Future aspirations. You've uh, read Ben Carter's book. I mean, did that ben influence Carson, you? Yeah. yeah, Ben Carson's book. Ben Car uh, future aspirations. I don't really know. Mm. I don't know where I'm going. I, my perspective is uh, in the next couple of years as I go through high school and stuff, I'm going to see where this goes and see whether mm, I can make a career out of this. Mm. Like, if, if I get to college, right, and I can support myself off of the ministry, I'd probably go get a degree in something related to that. Mm. If I don't, I'm going to become an airline pilot. Oh. Two different things. I oh. love flying planes. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. So, um, and we'll just see where the Lord takes you with that. Yeah. Maybe you can do both. Hopefully. Perhaps. You never know. Do um, uh, the book, the book. How, how's it coming along? It's, I haven't had time to work on it. Uh, because it's a school year, we've got about, let's see, 35 pages or something like that, and it feels like so much more, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a journey, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, just researching stuff, and you just learn all this stuff, and it's fascinating mm -hmm. to really research about it. You put all your thoughts on on paper. I, I'd spend hours and hours in my room just typing, mm -hmm. just typing my thoughts down, because if someone interrupts you, you stop and you forget about it. Yeah. So next summer, hopefully, I have time to um, complete the book. That's my goal, mm -hmm. have it done by uh, the end of summer. Mm -hmm. and, and you'll offer it on your site, on your uh, uh, that's YouTube? A, that's a problem. I don't know how I'm going to uh, distribute it. You call me when you're ready with that. <laughs> we've done, Seth and I have done in several books. Uh, we've done seven books, and yeah. uh, we still s send them out all over the world. and. Yeah, and, I'm uh, getting to your books next. Yeah. Uh, well, when you need sleep, just open one up and you'll be out. <laughs> but uh, you let me know, and, and I can also we can also help you with the... Uh, Seth can help you with... You can do a audio version. You can uh -huh. do the electronic version. You can do an actual version. The actual version, I can help you with more because we've mm -hmm. done that so many times. But that's good. I mean, why not? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, really, really. Um, 
What else? You're at school. Are you having many uh, discussions with LDS people? I to be honest, I try not to. You with do? some people. Like, it depends on who. Why like, do you try not to? Because some of them be, are so caught up in religion. I don't care if you're LDS. I have family that's LDS. I have many friends that are LDS. It, but there is just a select few that are so caught up mm -hmm. in, in religion that they cannot hear any other perspective. They can't hear any objections to it. And that's the problem. Mm. So I cannot have a reasonable discussion. It's a waste of time mm. almost to have a discussion with someone that is not willing to hear my perspective on mm. things. And so I try and be very careful. I've had brief discussions about it. So uh, a couple months ago in my biology class, we had a debate on whether Mormons are Christians, right? And wow. So some Mormons were saying yes. Others were saying one said no. And he used to think that it, it was me and Cameron's friend, uh, Spencer, and he said, well, they believe in the Trinity and all that, and we don't, and so that makes us not Christian. And then the other Mormon's like, oh, I'm a Christian. I love Christ. And I'm like, okay, let me give you some points here, and let's see if you agree with them. I just give them two or three basic points on, on that all Christians can agree on and see whether they agree with it. Mm. And most of the time they answer all of them no. So can I ask you some uh, questions? And, and the, I would expect that your answers will change as you get older. Mm -hmm. They may not. Uh, but I wanna, let me throw some thoughts at you and just ask yeah. you what you think. So you've, you've talked to atheists. You've talked mm -hmm. to Mormons. You have an atheist friend in Washington, I think it was you said. Yeah. Who You said you're sure he's a Christian just cause, <laughs> and, and you like Romney because he's 75 and looks great. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm just curious now with your experience thus far, what do you think of the biblical evangelical concept of uh, hell? Of hell? Well, I haven't studied that much into oh, hell, okay. but of, of course I believe that there is heaven and hell, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and Christ is the only way. Okay. I, I hate it when people try and put and degrade Christ in a way mm -hmm. and say there are multiple ways to heaven. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Like there's this one... Um, I would call her a semi-Christian almost uh, at my school last year. And this girl said, I'm going to hell. I'm such a bad person. She's mm. like, oh, no. Hell's only reserved for, like, Hitler and stuff. And I'm like, uh, you've never read the Bible, have you? Mm. And apparently she has. But you get out of the Bible what you want. Mm -hmm. um, it, it bothers me when people misspeak about it. And I think it is very degrading to what Christ did for us. Mm. If you say there are multiple ways to heaven. Hmm. Now, of course, atheists will flood my inbox or something with objections, and we can get to those later if you hmm. want, um, about why would God send people to hell. And that's a whole big discussion. Mm -hmm. But that's just how it works mm -hmm. in biblical theology. Mm -hmm. There's heaven and hell. We all deserve hell, mm -hmm. but by Christ we are saved. So all you have to do is accept Christ. Mm -hmm. And then Mormons will um, ask me, um, well, how do I describe this? Well, what if you accept Christ and then continue doing bad things? Yeah. And I know you've gotten that objection a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you, you work because you are saved in a way. Mm -hmm. Because if you are truly transformed by the Holy Ghost, then mm -hmm. you would want to work for Christ. You would want to help and feed the poor. You would want to go and tell others about Jesus. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to go um, curse out your fellow neighbor. You wouldn't want to go murder someone. You wouldn't want to 
commit adultery. Right. You want to respect Christ for what He has done for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's a good response to that. on that. Do you uh, recall, do you consider yourself having been born again throughout your experience, or do you, did it just come up uh, over time? So there was this moment in 2017. So mm-hmm. my old church, uh, Bank of Florida, or was it 2016? It's one of those years. Um, my, my church, Thomasville Road Baptist Church, I uh, they had this event called Discipleship Now. Mm. And uh, it was where all the youth got together. We got to sleep at someone else's house, go to church. And there was this, like, this is one of the few emotional moments I have when it mm. comes to religion. There's a something mm. that I'm like, man, I haven't accepted Christ yet, have I? I haven't been baptized yet, mm. which, of course, isn't a requirement, but mm-hmm. it's still a very important part. And I just started crying. Like, everybody's crying, I'm crying. Like, man, it, it was an emotional experience. Mm. So they said, anyone, does anyone want to um, uh, accept Christ? And I ra- raised my Bible up, and I stood up, and then my Sunday school teacher came over and hugged me, and I just started crying. I was mm. gone. Mm. And then uh, the next month I got baptized at the age of, what was I? I was 12, so 2016. Um, and, yeah, that's just continued on from there. Just continued on from there. So mm-hmm. you, you have had that experience where mm-hmm. you recognized something spiritual in you, and it wasn't a emotive response that you had. Yeah. You shed tears, and it wasn't. And that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. That's a yeah. beautiful thing. Um, let me ask you, um, uh, what else do I have written here? <laughs> I think we've covered everything, Ethan. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Let's open up the phone lines in case there's someone out there. I think Ethan has a few friends watching. Hopefully they 801-590-8413, 801-590-8413. And remember, you guys who have sent messages in from last night's show, next week... Uh, We're going to do another, we'll air our program for Monday night. And then Tuesday night in our live show like this, we'll get together and we'll cover all your comments and questions from the shows uh, that we're covering. The phone just rang, Ethan. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Worried John Uh, O'Fallon will come back. (laughs) uh, John O'Fallon has returned from the grave. (laughs) It's John and he's got a question for Ethan. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, tell the operators to clear that. Uh, we want any calls that, especially that have to do with Ethan and what he's talking about. Yeah. Anything on your mind that you would like to share? Any message that you would like to give? Uh, I like your thoughts about about thinking because yeah. you know the, the Lord wants us to uh, love Him and search Him and worship mm-hmm. Him with our minds too. That's yeah. included in there mm-hmm. with our minds, and so it's really important to me that. There's someone like you who's been thinking about things and wants people to think. Yeah. Is, have you had an atheist throw anything at you that you said, that stumps me? Uh, I can't, I can't get see. around this one. I was thinking about this the other day. There have been multiple times, like, I can answer this now, yeah. but when people were talking about contradictions in the Bible, right, mm. in between the gospel accounts, I'm like, man, contradictions? And I looked and read them when I was reading the gospels. I'm like, man, they do conflict. Mm. And that, that, I felt like mm. a sink in my heart. Mm. I'm like, man, that, that almost settles it right there. Mm. But then, again, that's where Lee Strobel's book comes in. Mm. And William Lane Craig answers it. I'm like, man, mm. gosh. They're good answers, Yeah, too. They're, they're great answers. Yeah. I, I, there's, 
are things you never think of. Yeah. And just because you can't answer one or two questions doesn't mean anything. That's why I hate it when uh, Christians use like God of the gaps or something. Mm. Like we can't explain the Big Bang yet. Mm. That means there is a God. Right. That's a trap that atheists can set right there. Yeah. Richard Dawkins has set traps around people with that all the time. Because mm. Christians continue to make that mistake. Sure. Um, another example of of it is um, I have a cousin down in Florida, and, uh, and he provides he believes that Jesus was a. Uh, uh, mythology, mm. right? Coming from things such as the Egyptian god Osiris, mm. and that's a big one. It, yeah, it is. It stumps me. It stumped me a bit until uh, I started looking for sources confirming the Bible, and I talk about this a bit in in the book, and I have some podcast episodes on it, and where Josephus and Tacitus, and there's multiple others, but those are the two big ones mm. that that confirm all these things in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And then Bart Ehrman, uh, mm -hmm. who's also a very brilliant atheist, um, he brings up the points of, um, of the Christians that could have interfered with it. Mm -hmm. And then again, they address it in the book, mm -hmm. The Case for Christ. And they're like, well, it doesn't ruin the historical significance of it. They couldn't have like added all of that in. Mm -hmm. um, very simplifying their answer. Mm -hmm. So th there are certain questions that you will definitely get some stumped on and you might never answer. Mm -hmm. Atheists can't answer all the questions. Mormons can't answer all the questions. Christians can't answer all the questions. Mm -hmm. It is what sounds more the most reasonable. Mm -hmm. I think Christianity does. Mm -hmm. I'm biased. Mm -hmm. We're all biased. Mm -hmm. So you admit to those biases and those presuppositions that come with having been raised in the faith, yeah. but you're trying to break through them. You're trying to look at all the views. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like to say I have. Hmm. Like, again, going back to evolution, it's the best example that I can talk about because it, all these barriers of cultural unacceptance hmm. within, uh, I hate to say it, the African-American community, hmm. unfortunately, because of, of uh, past uh, atrocities with it. Black people are more um, reluctant to accept what science says. Mm -hmm. And like one comment I had on my first YouTube video is that said, was saying that Ethan's is trying to prove science wrong when they were defending me. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in science. Science mm -hmm. is such a beautiful thing mm -hmm. and has proved so much to us. And you know, many Christians have provided to it. Isaac Newton, Galileo, they have all provided to this outstanding universe. Science proves the glory of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, of course, that's my worldview setting into it. Mm -hmm. And atheists would think differently. They would think the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. It destroys God. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that all comes down to worldviews and how you think the universe works. That you can't really change that. Right. That's a hard thing to, uh, to argue with, with worldviews and stuff sure. like that. Yeah, yeah it's perspective. And w but when you look in a microscope and you're looking at a strand of DNA, you mm -hmm. see uh, a creator. Yeah. Uh, they see uh, whatever they see, and, and mm -hmm. you know, and you respect that there's going to be differences. But at least yeah. you're formatting forming your argument for life. And that's the difference between someone like you and I think Bart Ehrman. Yeah. Because I've read Ehrman and when you read about his uh, biography, you know, he was just kind of a lock, stock, barrel religionist. Mm -hmm. He at 15 was not questioning like he is now. Yeah. And so what, what was deconstructed in his life was all the false 
things he was standing on as a religionist and mm -hmm. not as a thinker. So if we get your generation and kids your age and younger to start thinking, yeah. they're going to be prepared to go into those colleges that are teaching evolution and be like, okay, let's talk about it. We, yeah. we have nothing to lose. Well, I, I think also people, um, people will uh, block out certain views, right? So especially on college campuses, and this is one thing that I as a conservative complain about. People don't like hearing different perspectives. They just want to hear one point of view. That's mm -hmm. a problem with like news and stuff. If you only watch CNN, you're more likely to be liberal. If you only watch Fox News, you're more likely to be very conservative. Right. And, and that's a problem. You need to surround yourself with all these different views. That's why most of my friends do not agree with me. Hmm. I, most of my friends are either LDS, atheist, or, or Catholic, something hmm. like that. Hmm. And I have a wide range of friends, and I like to keep it that way. Yeah. Because there are things that we can disagree on, and that is fantastic. It is. You should not have um, people that are surrounded by you um, accepting only one belief. Yeah. That, that's, that's why people keep uh, leaving the church. Because Christians like to um, put their kids in solitary confinement almost mm, yeah. when it comes to the world. Like they won't let their kids listen to rap music. Mm. And then they'll listen to it, and they're like, oh, this is pretty good, you know? <laughs> Some parents would <laughs> yeah. do that. <laughs> Not this parent. <laughs> I uh, mean, that's awesome. I think. Um, where do you draw the line when it comes to Christianity? Where do you draw the line where you say, I can't accept this as you as a Christian, you as right in God's eyes, uh -huh. you as a brother? Where do you draw the line? It's what, like Episcopalians, for example. Like, uh, like, you make this point a lot. You would accept a homosexual in your church, right? Oh, sure. And, and I would, too, if I had a church. But I wouldn't endorse it because it's a sin, mm -hmm. right? It's like I want to endorse sex before marriage because all Christians would agree that's a sin, too. Right. It's just I think Christians need to stop endorsing everything. Yeah. Like, they, Trump has the evangelical vote. Stop endorsing him. Leave your religion out of politics. Mm. Because when church and state uh, combine, that's when we have issues. You can see it throughout history. Church mm. and state should be totally separate. Mm. I'm not saying uh, take in God we trust off of the dollar bill or say God bless you or have a bit of religion in it. I'm just saying religion in the mix of politics. Mm. And I think Christians are so um, worried about how the culture is going. The culture is going sort of anti-Christian in mm -hmm. a way. And everybody's so worried about it. They want Trump to be like our champion mm -hmm. for Christianity. Mm -hmm. And that's not his job. Right. His job is to run the country for everybody. Right. Atheists, Buddhists, Muslims, everybody. Right. Uh, they say uh, wisdom is knowledge applied. And you're, you, you show wisdom beyond uh, your years. It's, it's fascinating. It's just really fascinating to me. We have a caller uh, from Kansas City. He's going by the name Conk. <laughs> I think I know Conk, but he might be calling for you. Conk, you're on Heart of the Matter with Ethan. Hey, how's it going, Sean and Ethan? How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing good, brother. Awesome, awesome. Oh, uh, boy, I have a lot to say, but I'll keep it brief. <laughs> <laughs> um. I heard you say, you know, just a second ago, you were talking about, you know, the evangelicals are giving Trump the vote as our savior. And I agree that's hogwash. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also talking about that you liked Mitt Romney. Uh, maybe I missed that, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I used to like Mitt Romney a lot for no reasons other than he was a nice, charismatic man. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. Um, I've, I've been posting in the live chat a bit, but have you ever heard of the term Machiavellianism? Yes. Yeah. Where it's essentially in public, you say things as nice as you can, try to be friends, try to win votes, and then behind the scenes, you do what you do to keep your mm-hmm. power and grow it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would argue all politicians, like that's required to be a politician is Machiavellianism. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to point out, like, yeah, Mitt Romney is nice when he's in front of the camera, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, he's agreeing with you. Hey, Conk, what do you th- what do you think watching the show tonight? This fifteen year old young man here in Utah, and just his articulation and his his process of thinking. What, what do you think of this, Conk? Well, I believe I was in his shoes for a while too. He's definitely doing it younger than me. I think I was on a big tirade to talk about politics and atheism and all of that when I was probably eighteen or nineteen. So he's got. He's got a leg up in youth when I did that, but I realized myself it was a dead end, and I hope he figures that out too. And, mm-hmm. and what would be the living end, Conk? The living end would be the leap of faith. Um, I put it in the chat earlier, but I was talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when Paul's talking to the Corinthian church. Yeah. And he said um, that it's essentially like the natural man is what they use in the ESV, which is, you know, the non believer. They'll think all Christianity is foolishness, no matter what, right? Yeah. Um, you, you can't convert people with wise words. Um, they see it as foolishness, we see it as wisdom, and it's always going to be diametrically opposed. Right. Some people will be jerks about it, some people will be nice about it, but at the end of the day, he says, uh, Paul says, converts come from displaying the power of God and the power of spirit, not wise words. And so I just wanted to reiterate that I think wise words is a good <coughs> But do you think that wise words in the arena of thought have a place? Yeah, it should be good. You know, you can have your own personal growth from it. You can build a lot of relationships. But don't expect an atheist to be a Christian because you thought of the best logical point. What, uh, what advice do you have, if any, for uh, Ethan? Um, I would tell him to study Kierkegaard. I think Kierkegaard was right on the nose with this topic, talking about the leap of faith. Yeah. Ethan, have you heard of the leap of faith from Kierkegaard? Yeah, uh, it's all relative to his absurdism. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I have not heard of that, actually. Yeah, yeah that's, okay, a, yeah. that's they call him yeah. Snorin Kierkegaard because uh-huh. he's so, he is so aphoristic and he is so verbose. But uh, you, you'll get to Kierkegaard when you get older. And uh, uh-huh. I, I agree, I, Kierkegaard has influenced me greatly. So good comment, Conk. We're going to let you go. Thanks for the call. Well, can I, can I put in one quick suggestion? The yeah. Final? yeah. Um. There's a book that I'm reading right now on audiobook. It's called Jesus Untangled by, I think it's, what is it? Keith Giles. And he writes about how both the church trying to focus on the left and the church trying to focus on the right in politics are both wrong. And Jesus Untangled is about how to untangle the gospel from politics. Because when you mix religion with politics, you just get politics. It's like cotton candy and water. Yeah. Amen. I, I love that. That's, that's what the book that we wrote, uh, If Then, is all about. So uh, 
Love that, Kong. Thanks for your insights. All right, you guys have a good night. You too, man. Talk to you later. You have to say goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, brother. Well, that has been, it's been a great time. Remind our audience again how they can look at your stuff. All right, so you can go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere for the podcast. Common Sense Christianity. We have an Instagram account, a YouTube account, and yeah, that's about it. How often it. are you putting things out? So on the podcast, I do it every Sunday and Wednesday. Sometimes I forget to do it. Um, how long are these going? I mean, how many minutes are you? It depends on the episode. Generally around 10 to 15 minutes. I like to keep things short. That's eh. the attention span of this generation. <laughs> yeah. Um, Instagram, I my... I upload on there every Friday mm. and YouTube every Saturday evening. So you're putting out a lot of content. I try to. Do you go in your room and in, in the garage? Or I what? go wherever I feel comfortable that day. I, oh. I just set up the camera, see if it looks at least a bit decent. My iPad it doesn't work very well as a camera, but. It so w- anywhere you can find, you'll yep. do it. I'll do it in my room, my living room, anywhere. And are you doing what I see people do? It's like, hey, guys, I'm here at Carlos Jr. And I no, just had a thought for you. No, I don't do that. I, I have my own introduction. Welcome, oh. everybody, to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster. I speed through it. I, <laughs> hurry, I hurry with that. <laughs> <laughs> no graphics? No, nothing. I, I don't know how to edit videos and all that. I'm working on it. Uh-huh. Eventually, they'll get better. What's Cameron doing? Just sleeping? <laughs> is, he, is he helping you at all? Cameron's in retirement right now. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get oh, more we have a, another call on line one, Mary? Yeah, <laughs> Hold on, we have another call. Hey, we're getting the calls today. Yeah, you're a popular guy. <laughs> you're going to be more popular as you, as you go on. I can, I can guarantee you that. All right, this is Charlie, who is in West Valley. Charlie, you're on Heart of the Matter with Ethan and Sean. Good evening, Sean and Ethan. Good evening. Hey, Ethan, I have a question for you. All right. In the evangelical field, uh, how do you think we should start to reach out to your age group and your... um, I don't want to say that. Your generation. What would be the best advice? Just give us some advice on how the older generation can reach out to the millennials. Advice on how our generation can reach out? How we can reach out to millennials and younger. Your generation, what's the best way? Is that correct, Charlie? Yes. You going to listen off air? Yeah, I will. Thanks, Thanks. brother. Love you. All right. The floor is yours, young man. So the best way to talk to our generation is not to be um, not to be forceful with it. Try and think down to our logic at it. And when you think down to our logic at it, you're more likely to come up with a better result. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I said earlier, with atheists, I use their logic against them. Really, Mm -hmm. I I stoop down to whatever they think, and. I try and reason with that. So that's the best way. I think um, the older generations have been too forceful with religion. They preach religion too much mm-hmm. instead of relationship, which mm-hmm. is what you promote. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationship with Jesus Christ is the important thing. It's not the religion. It's not what you do. It's not your works. It is the faith in Christ's blood that saves you. And that is the best way to communicate the message. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 2.8 is a perfect Perfect verse to just sum it up perfectly for people. Got it. 
So, and I think you're right. You think that our generation, and I've been this way, have been too dogmatic. We've been mm -hmm. too, this is the way it is. Yeah. And you guys, what's happening in your mind with your friends and your peers when someone like me says, this is the way it is, what, are you just shutting down? Uh, well, most of my friends would think of you as a Mormon hater. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Stop complimenting me. <laughs> I mean, I'm being straight up. But, but I don't know. It, it really depends on how much you care about it. Yeah. Because if you actually care about the truth, then you'll go out and research it. If yeah. you don't, like most, most people my age, they don't care. Most people don't care. Yeah, it, I mean, it takes um, God influencing them, There you right? go. You can't do anything without That's God, That's what right? Cork or Conk was saying. It <laughs> yeah. takes God, yeah. So it takes God in that. I try and stay as intellectual as possible because mm -hmm. this is our beliefs, right? If mm -hmm. there is an atheist that I was talking to, they don't have that perspective, so it's hard to say talk about what God will do sure. if they don't believe in him. Right. Yeah. So you have to, what I try and do is be on the intellectual front of it. I try and convince people, hey, look at this, see my perspective from it, and do what you want with it. It's your choice. We are partners in that approach. Yeah. Ethan, how can uh, the people who are watching help you? Help me, pray for me, and support Ethan and spread Foster. the word. Yeah. And, and what else? Uh, make sure you spread the word about the ministry. Ask Common me Sense questions. Christianity. Yeah. Common Sense Christianity. I love that title because it <laughs> really, uh, you know, it was Kierkegaard, just to throw in Kierkegaard. Yeah who helped introduce what's called postmodernism with yeah. Jean-Paul Sartre and these other philosophers who stripped God out of, of reason. Mm -hmm. and, 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 he, and what, they, what Kierkegaard said is, Christians have long tried to explain absurd things with absurd answers, yeah. and it has done nothing for us. The leap of faith that he was mentioning uh -huh. is, that, is to jump out and trust God knowing we don't know what he's up to. Yeah. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy, I think that was a good insight from him in your life when you uh, get to Kierkegaard and what he has to say. Yeah. I'll have to research him. Yeah, research him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are so grateful. Thank you so much for taking Thanks your for time. Thanks for having me on. And we yeah. uh, look forward to following you because I sense that you're going to continue to do things whether you're known for it or whether you're mm -hmm. famous worldwide or not known yeah. at all, you are going to continue to do things for the kingdom in a way that has not been done in the past. And yeah. it's so good. So let God use you. Yeah, thank Wait, you. one last question for me. How are the women? <laughs> no comment. You stay away from them. I mean, I have a no, girlfriend. You, oh, no, get rid of that right now. <laughs> it's been like get, eight months. I don't, that's too long. <laughs> Eight, Shout out to you, Adriana. One more and you could have a child. <laughs> no. <laughs> you stay away from the women. I'm okay, telling Sean, you. Okay. Because they will mess you up. Not that they're bad. You'll mess them up too. You're too young. You got nothing to do with a woman your age. Sean, okay. You, so if I were to break up with her, I'm Talk I'm about dogmatic. You. Talk I'm, about. I'm, I'm going to be like, hey, Sean told me I need to break up no, with you. No. It's like. What are you together? <laughs> what can You can't even drive yet. <laughs> I'm working on it, Sean. <laughs> Give him a break. Yeah. All right. No, I'm not, I, no way. I, I know it goes on in the minds of these guys. I used to be one. Oh, Lord. So, <laughs> so dogmatic or not, That's you be careful. That's another conversation. <laughs> that is another conversation. All right, Ethan, thank you so much for being with us. 
on Heart of the Matter. You have given me hope as an old man <laughs> of the future for our kids. Thanks all our audience for showing up here. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter.